of scripture today is from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. If you'd like to follow along, it can be found in the New Testament of your Pew Bible, page 190. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Let the, Lord, the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I hope you all had a lovely Valentine's Day last Monday. Hope you reached out to someone and said, I love you, I'm grateful for you. Hope you remembered that you are covered by the love of God, a love that has no end, it has no limit. I hope that you felt then and that you feel today the presence of God's love, a love that can never be taken away from us. You know, once we open our hearts to it, once we know it and we feel it, there's nothing in the world that can take God's love away. There are things that try, things that beat us down, things that wear us out, things that cause us to doubt, but God's love is our permanent possession. Here, here's how the Apostle Paul says it in Romans chapter 8. I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's it. We're loved by God. That's our foundation. That's the root of all our other loving. We are secure in God's love, and then we are able to love others, hopefully with a love that mirrors the love of God. We don't match God's love, of course, but perhaps we can share a reflection of it with the world around us. So that's a long and preachery way to say, I hope you had a good Valentine's Day celebrating the love that's in your life. We're in week two of our series here, Love is in the House, exploring together how to celebrate and how to nurture this gift of love that we've been given. And we've been thinking together about how to love well the people that are in our lives. So today during the sermon, I want you to be thinking about two people. I want you to be thinking about someone in your life who it is very easy for you to love, someone who's easy for you to love, and I also want you to be thinking about someone in your life who is sometimes, or a lot of times, harder for you to love. Somebody that's hard for you to love. Be thinking of those people. Take a second just to name them to yourself right now. Go ahead, say their names in your head or see their faces there in your mind. 
to help make this real and remind us that I stand up here preaching to myself each and every week, I would love to tell you about someone in my life that's hard for me to love. But we now live in a world where sermons are on the internet. And they stay there for a very long time. And I don't know if the person that I'm thinking of who's hard for me to love knows that they're sometimes hard for me to love. They might know. I might be hard for them to love. But hearing me talk about it in a sermon is not going to help our relationship. So you're just going to have to trust me today that I have people in my life that I want to love, people that I do love, but people that take real work on my part to show and feel love for them all the time. So I have their name in my mind as we look together at the scriptures. The passage that we read today is an, uh, tells us an often neglected truth about love, and that is that love is not a feeling. Well, okay, sometimes love is a feeling. Falling in love is certainly a feeling, a very fun feeling. And our hearts can regularly swell with loving feelings even decades after we've been into a relationship. But love is not always a feeling. Sometimes love is like getting dressed. Sometimes love, loving another person, is about putting on clothes. And that means it takes effort, and it takes intentionality, and it takes practice. It's like getting dressed, effort, intentionality, and practice. I remember once uh, in a previous church during a children's time, I asked the kids, we were doing something on gratitude, and I asked the kids to name all the things that they were thankful for in the day, and I had a big chart of easel paper, and I was going to write all those things down. And one four-year-old raised her hand, and she said she was thankful for getting her clothes put on right that day. (laughs) And everybody laughed, and her dad told me later that recently they had had some real trouble with getting all the buttons in the right position on her clothes. But what was even funnier to me was that later that day I posted it on Facebook, and I received comment after comment from adults who had recently had trouble with their clothes. Stuff like, uh, last week I wore my t-shirt backwards all day, right? Or on Wednesday I looked down at lunch at my shoes and realized I was wearing two different ones, right? It happens. It happens. Getting dressed is not always an easy thing. So I want you to remember that as we hear again the start of this scripture. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against each other, forgive each other just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. Now, this passage comes to us from a letter that was written in the first decades of Christianity to a church at a town called Colossae. Maybe it was written by Paul, maybe it was written by somebody who was close to Paul, but it reflects Paul's worldview and theology. And what the writer wants to remind us is, we who carry this name of Christian, we who have known the saving love of God, we have the power to be like Jesus in the world. And he uses this metaphor of getting dressed to help us remember this. The writer's understanding is that in our baptisms, when we were baptized, we shed the clothes of our former lives and we have put on instead the garments of Christ. 
So we wear Christ's clothes around in the world so that we can live like him and we can love like him. Now, this metaphor of getting dressed, it probably likes, makes a little bit more sense when we consider that in the first centuries of the church, people were baptized naked. Aren't you glad we don't do that anymore? <laughs> people were baptized naked. They would literally take off their old clothes. They would descend into the water, a big tub or a river or something like that. They would descend into the water naked. They would receive baptism, and then they would emerge, and they would put on new clothes fresh, clean, white robes, and that was a symbol of their new holy life in Christ. Now, along with that fresh, clean robe, remember, the writer is telling us, along with that fresh robe that you put on on your baptism, remember all these other items of clothing that you put on with it. Remember them so you can wear them around all the time. Put them on so you will be dressed like Jesus. Compassion, kindness, humility, discipline, even-temperedness, and above all else, love. Eugene Peterson translates verse 14 of this passage in his book, The Message. He translates it like this, And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It is your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Now, one of the important things about these garments, these habits, these characteristics that the writer names for us to wear is that they're not for ourselves alone. Right? These are not private or personal gifts. They're not things that we wear for our own use. They're, they're outer garments. They're things that we wear that everyone can see. They're the way that we interface with the world. Each of these habits is about relationships with other people. None of them make any sense if there was not another person in the relationship. I mean, how do you have compassion all by yourself? How are you kind when you're alone? How do you show humility without another person involved? These are habits of the community that he's talking about, the habits of relationships. Which is why this particular passage, Colossians 3, it often gets read at weddings. And I think it's a great one for weddings. Because, you know, weddings are most likely the moment when people spend the most money they ever will on their clothes. Right? And then they only wear them for that day. So it's good to read this scripture at a wedding to remember that a marriage, a lifelong partnership, is not about having a beautiful wedding dress. It's about remembering to put on your kindness and your humility and your love for each other every day of your life together. Remembering, it helps us remember that loving another person over time is not just about having fun together. It's, it's really wrapped up in these habits of kindness and humility, about being clothed in compassion about meekness and patience. That's the love that keeps us sensitive to one another, makes us a place of comfort and solace. It makes us tender toward one another's ideas and helps us forgive when there's hurt or pain. This kind of love that he's talking about, that's what keeps us humble and helps us laugh at our own mistakes and, and pushes away our need to, to insist on our own way. That's the kind of love that helps us walk this long road of relationship that we want to have together giving us endurance. It's a great scripture for weddings. But it's not just a passage for weddings. And you know, the writer, he did not have in mind marriage vows when he wrote it, not at all. He had in mind us. <laughs> he had in mind the church, the community, the fellowship of disciples. He had in mind the, the people here that are called together in Jesus' name to love and to live and to serve. He's, he's trying to, to encourage the Christian community to adopt these habits toward one another 
so that we see the love of God in one another, so that we see the life of Jesus in one another. So the counsel of this scripture, it applies to our relationship with our spouse, yes, if we have one, but it goes far beyond that to anyone that we love in our lives, our family, our friends, our church community. So in order to love all those people well, remember, we want to get dressed. We want to get dressed with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with meekness, with patience, with forgiveness. Now, how do we know if we're managing to wear those clothes in our relationships? Well, for one thing, we can kind of look to see if there are any negative habits emerging in our intimate relationships, signs to us that we're not wearing these clothes of love. If we notice these things as a pattern, perhaps we need to reconsider how we're approaching the people in our lives. One sign of us being poorly dressed for a relationship is a lack of respect for one another. And that gets communicated through criticisms or put-downs. I mean, do do you find yourself caught in a cycle where you're regularly complaining to your partner or to your friend about their behavior? Or are you tempted to complain to somebody else about your partner or your friend's biggest flaws? Do you find yourself calling one another names? Those are signs that you might be neglecting to put on your garments of love. You know, when you met your partner or your friend, you fell in love with some of his or her wonderful qualities. And and over time, sometimes our perspective on those qualities can change a little bit. Like, for example, maybe you're married to somebody who's really good at saving money. And when you met, that was something that was really attractive. But now you find yourself thinking, he is so cheap, (laughs) or she is so cheap, right? What was it that changed your frame of mind? How can you shift your thinking back to a place where you're appreciating and celebrating each other's strengths? If you find yourself in, in a down place about your partner, maybe take time to create a list of things that you love about them and help you focus on what's best in each other. Let it help you fall in love all over again like you did the first time. Marriage therapist and researcher John Gottman has found that criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling, criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling, those are some of the most serious threats to a marriage. And the more that couples engage in those destructive activities, the more likely they are to divorce. His decades of research and working with couples have shown that spouses that stay together over the long haul, they know how to fight without being hostile, and they take responsibility for their own actions. He says they're also more likely to respond quickly to each other's wishes and to make up after they fight to repair the relationship. So those are some warning signs. But what does a relationship look like that embodies these characteristics that we read about in Colossians? Well, one is that it's a relationship full of safe space, a place where people in the relationship can share without being worried about being judged or dismissed or mocked. When one person shares how they feel, the other person takes them seriously, responds with empathy, and and offers help if they want it. A relationship where we're wearing the clothes of love is also one where the people appreciate each other and they show that appreciation. They talk about it. They show gratitude even over little things. I remember talking to a woman in my previous church who had married later in life and she said, her husband Barry and I, we tell each other thank you every single day for something. We find something to say thank you for. 
So a little thing like when someone cooks dinner or helps the kids with the homework or does the grocery shopping, even if it's stuff that you expect them to do, to still say thank you. Or take a few minutes at the end of every evening to tell each other at least one thing you appreciated about them that day. The last piece of clothing that the writer mentions for us is maybe one of the hardest, but so important, and that is forgiveness. Forgiveness is just key, foundational to a healthy relationship. Right? A partnership or a friendship where one person cannot let go of mistakes or hurt will not be a relationship that lasts very long. Everybody makes mistakes. Your spouse or your family members or your friends will likely but occasionally regularly hurt your feelings or do something that upsets you. And that may make you angry or even furious. And in those moments, we want to share how we're feeling and we want to sh- name that out loud and we want to receive an apology. Apologies are so important in healthy relationships. And let me just say for the record that an apology never starts like, I'm sorry you feel that way. That is not an apology. A real apology always starts, I'm sorry I, and then name what you did. So it could be, I'm sorry I hurt you. I did not mean to. Once an apology is given and the problem discussed, then it's essential for a long and healthy relationship that we offer forgiveness, that we let go of that hurt and we move on, that we no longer bring up the past. My challenge for you this week is to take a moment to evaluate the clothes that you are wearing in your most important relationships. Remember those people that I asked you to put in your mind. What are the things that you're doing right with that person that's so easy to love? What are the things that you're struggling with with that person that's hard for you to love? Where are the places for you to grow in your kindness, your humility, your compassion, your patience? What garments have you been neglecting to put on? And ask for God's help for you to wear those clothes every day, trusting that they will bring enduring joy and abounding love. Thanks be to God. Amen.